Hello. Zach. Hi. I One of my goals for these podcasts we do is to provide some sort of analysis for the games we talk about. Because I think that there is one level of this type of podcast or this type of content where you're just recapping stuff. And there is a level beyond that where maybe you're evaluating it on type of top of recapping. But I believe that we are better even than that, even than reviewing this game that we're talking about. I think that we can provide ideas, our own ideas, and actually have insights about what is going on in this game. And I bring that up because I think that there is a lot to analyze about the Milk Road part of Majora's Mask that we're going to be discussing today. Um, and I want you to keep me on track so that I'm not just listing things that are in the game and saying whether or not I like them. Uh, I'll do my best. You're holding us to a high standard. It's good. I but am. I think we can do it, but boy, okay. Um, okay. I'm going to put away all this... Uh, thumbs up thumbs down stuff that i had you had the phone thumb yeah for each. you like it uh i sent zach two phone thumbs a thumbs up thumb and a thumbs down thumb that he's supposed to be waving during the podcast yeah but uh it's, it's all right you know yeah so, somewhere in the middle this episode <laughs> so we're doing milk road <laughs> Which is the unofficial fifth region of Termina. That's what I want to get into, actually. The status of Milk Road within the scheme of Termina. Because the structure of the game on its surface is very regimented. You have the quest in the south with the south region. You have the quest in the north with the north region. And now we have what you might call a quest in another region, but you know it does it doesn't really fit into that structure, does it? No, it's a, a little extra thing uh, outside of the normal game structure. And I think that's where a lot of its effectiveness comes from. And possibly that effectiveness comes from being an unstructured, element in a game with so much structure although i think that like if you had a game that was just like clock town and milk road stuff without the dungeon item like new form video gamey progression you could still have a good game that was just the stuff that we're going to get into here in milk road um but uh I think that the like the reason that I like Milk Road so much has to do with it being outside of that structure. It's fun uh, to think about how Milk Road is kind of an extension of more of the Clock Town stuff in some ways. Yeah. The, the way you mentioned, like, even if you excised the major content chunks in the Cardinal Directions and just kind of had stuff about a town and a farm and there weren't dungeons in the game, that would still be a compelling game to play. Uh, it's totally true. I think it's also... Um, oh, good. No, no, go ahead. It's noteworthy that this is the only little extra zone like this 
it's not as if there are like other zones in the diagonals of from out from clock town right it's not like there's one in each diagonal direction which you play my rom hack uh i add those in oh okay i'm looking forward to that uh don't it's bad you don't want to play it well i have to at least play it so i can say that it's bad somebody's got to review it on romhacking.net right um the other thing that like kind of sets this part out of the normal progression of the game is the fact that the big rock is blocking the way into the ranch if we start talking about the area then first we have to start talking about milk road the space between the you know traversal space where there's nothing really going on except that there's a big rock that you can't get into the ranch until the third day when the guy manages to smash it apart. By the time the rock is smashed apart on the third day, a bunch of stuff has already happened at the ranch, and there's not very much left to do. Yeah, and a lot of times that'll be your first like impression of the ranch. Like when you're first starting the game, it's like, oh, I, I missed some stuff here. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Like and you, the game doesn't necessarily articulate to you that you missed stuff. You just show up and people are like at an end state that you might yeah, be able to pick yeah. on. And like, oh, there was things happened, and this is a game about the passage of time. So clearly, I needed to have gotten here sooner. So you need to come back with a tool that we got previously, the big powder keg, to blow up that rock before you know. Before the third day, um, as early as possible, so you can do all the stuff you need to do. That means that all this stuff, all this storytelling, all these characters are gated behind the powder keg and all that stuff. Uh And so, in a way, this is like a content ad for Clock Town that comes halfway through the game. Oh, I can see Um, that, yeah. Whereas in, in Clocktown, you just got basically all the stuff in Clocktown as soon as you start playing. But there are several angles on the Clocktown drama that you only get out here at the farm. And it's, I think, very clever of them to lock a bunch of that away until partway through the game so that you get to develop your understanding of Clocktown, you know, in tandem with your progression through the dungeon stuff. Yeah, that's a really cool way of looking at that, about how this is just an extension, and you can't just add more stuff to Clocktown after you've done 10 cycles. So you um, have to no. have a different perspective on the things going on in Clocktown that lets you get more of a understanding of it. Yeah. You could... Uh, I'm just going to briefly imagine that... Clocktown is designed in such a way that once you have the hook shot, you can get up to like the second level of town and meet all the people who <gasps> live there. Okay. That's I don't know if that would be very good though. Not this game, but also I would play a game that did that. Okay. You can incorporate that into your ROM hack if you like. Nah, too late. Clocktown's a crater in my uh <laughs> in my ROM hack. That's not true. I listener, there's no actual ROM hack, this is a bit. I am under no obligation to create a ROM hack of Majora's Mask. 
uh, I like that the uh, the worker that's out there trying to bust up the boulder mm-hmm. uh, is like briefly annoyed when you set the powder keg down oh, yeah. that you're doing his job. Mm-hmm. But then once it clears, you can talk to him again, and he's like, eh, at least it's open. That's fine. Yeah, that's a good guy. Um. Okay, so let's get this out of the way. In this map, we have also an owl statue for convenient warping to Milk Road. And we also have... Um, there's a Keaton bushes. There's some bushes that fly around if you cut them. Uh, I don't know why there happens to be this Keaton location here. Maybe because they wanted to add more interesting stuff to this location. But we already talked about Keaton. This is the only one I know character. of. I already forgot the other place Keaton's at. So this is apparently the one I know. <laughs> he's in North Clocktown. And I almost want to say he's in like there's a, a third out, place. Out in the world. So I don't know. This is the one I always go to. So that's the one I think of. And my buddy's here. Well, which way do you want to go? Who's oh, your boy? Tingle. Oh, Tingle. I forgot all about Tingle. Because this place gets its own map, doesn't it? It does. How about that? Leave no corner unturned. Um, I think we should talk about the... We should go over to the main ranch and talk about some of the side stuff over there. Okay. Uh, so the main ranch, I I think that th- the developers knew they had a good thing going with Lon Lon Ranch in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. They knew, and they must have known while they were making the game, some, to some extent, that this was going to be an iconic location. I imagine um, a lot of that's tied up to the fact that, you know, they made horseback riding in a game. They made horseback riding. They, this is the place where you get your horse. Were they the... F- I I can't say that they were the first to do it, but, like, they were, like, a landmark... Ocarina of Time was a landmark video game when it comes to horse riding. That sounds right. I don't know anything about this, but sure. Like, they clearly spent a lot of time and energy on that, and a, a lot of people have a lot of... You know, that's the first thing you see when you turn on Ocarina of Time is, check it out, We got you could ride a horse in this game. Yeah. So yeah. them going back to that well makes perfect sense and they do more fun stuff with it. Indeed. Um they another way that this is kind of like an extra th- part of Clocktown is some of the signs refer to this ranch as a village, like Milk Village. Yeah. And there is like it does seem like just a ranch, but then there are some businesses out behind it. That make me wonder, like, how are those related to, are they tenants on the Romani property or what? Um, are, are those the things you want to talk about? These extra things out the back? Yeah. Um, okay. Because we can knock these out pretty quick. There's two other establishments that are connected to the main ranch, which we didn't really describe, but it's just a big open prairie. Um, with which cows? Which one do I have written first? Uh, the chicken shack. Okay. There's a chicken shack, as not really, not even a shack. It's just like a, it's a clearing with a bunch of baby chicks. Yes. And the man 
Grog runs this place. Grog, uh, who in <laughs> Ocarina of Time is like the sullen teen, right? He's the, yeah, the emo guy that is sad until you bring him a cuckoo. Yeah. And then he's oh, yeah, briefly he happy and then that. dies. Yes. Well, in this game, he also likes chickens. And he's also sad. But you're going to cheer him up uh, by making the chickens grow up. He's sad specifically because he knows the moon is going to come down and destroy everything. But he just wishes he could see these chicks grow up into cuckoos before they die. Yeah. Yeah. He wants them to have that chance, and they're never going to get it. Ah. Unless. However. And you know what? I would like to know. What what is the text in the game that leads you to understand that you can use the Bremen mask to make chicks grow up into chickens? Let me think. We talked at length about how it's like the troop leader mask. It's like it's about. Yeah. And is it something that's meant to and, and you can try it on when you get it and see that you kind of do a little march. Yeah, and that you can see that that march makes a dog follow you around. So. And also it is just a chicken mask, right? Uh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, the Bremen mask. When you get it, it says try parading it, it around tiny young animals. Oh, OK. There you go. So I see some tiny young animals. I immediately know what to do. I put on that mask. And um, I always like this very tedious, you know, task of collecting all the chicks and making them all follow me around. Um, It takes so long. And they have set up this area to specifically make this... uh, (laughs) inconvenient task where all those fences they have set up do nothing except make it more difficult to see where all the chicks are it's it's great yeah add some texture Uh, to the task that wouldn't mm -hmm. exist otherwise and when you manage to make them all follow you they all wake up and grog is happy about this sorry they all wake up whatever they're talking about they all grow up which makes grog happy and he gives you in exchange the bunny hood, which we recognize from Ocarina of Time as well. But in this game, the bunny hood actually makes you go faster. Yeah. Uh, making Grog like one of the best NPCs in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you like, do you get this <laughs> bunny hood as soon as you can? Oh, yeah. When you play this game? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, I was saying before that I don't slow down time to give myself that extra challenge, but I don't, I don't go without the bunny hood. That's stupid. You gotta have the hood. Yeah. There's a difference between adding challenge and adding inconvenience. Uh, that's the chicken shack. Okay. There's also the doggy racetrack. Hmm. Uh, which is adorable. And the proprietor of the doggy racetrack is Mamamu Yan. And she's the counterpart of... The lady in Ocarina of Time who has the little puppy named Richard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess they're not puppies. They're like little terriers. Is that a terrier? I guess. I th- uh, yeah. I think they're supposed to be Scottish terriers. Okay. I'll believe you. I don't know dogs. I don't either, but I know Scotty dogs. Okay. 
the uh, there's a bunch of dogs and there's a little racetrack and you can bet on the dogs. You can bring up to you can carry to her a dog that you think is going to win. And uh, then you bet some amount of money on that dog. And then there's a race because um, this is a Nintendo 64 game. So there's racing. And they have a lot of fun with like the camera angles on this race. You watch the dogs run around in a circle, and one of them wins, and one of them loses, and they're a bunch in the middle. And you get a piece of a heart if you win enough money betting. Yes. And so the the trick is that you can wear the mask of truth when you pick uh-huh. up a dog, and you get a little blurb into that dog's mentality at the time yeah and then based on that you're supposed to guess which one will win and i've always just kind of done this on instinct and never really looked up a guide as to like well how okay how does that actually work and so i was on zelda wiki and it's more interesting than i thought it was there's some news about zelda wiki oh what's up the wiki that we hate yeah um they decided that they cannot be bound to fandom any longer. Um, they announced this with like a lot of like kind of um, the language that they used about reclaiming their independence made it sound like they were casting off their oppressors. But, you know, they chose to be on fandom in the first place. So... I really want to know what the like drama behind the scenes was of who wanted to be on fandom and who said no and how they changed that. But now they're an actual independent wiki again. Well, they're Zelda Zeldapedia.wiki now. Oh, okay. I missed that part. No, it wasn't it wasn't Zelda Wiki one of the poor ones that got um there was a separate wiki institution called Gamepedia. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then they were on that along with some other like big name wikis that were trying to stay away from fandom. And then. But that got absorbed. That got bought out by Wikia, which became fandom. You're Yeah. So that that I believe is the sequence of events. But they still when those things were happening. They did not immediately say, well, we're like when they got we're about to be when the thing was about to be moved into fandom, they didn't say, hey, we don't want to be on fandom. Let's do something else. They I, said, OK, I guess we're on fandom now. I bet they get I bet fandom comes through and talks to the people that run these wikis and says, don't worry, we're not going to change anything. Just a really light touch. It'll be fine. They'll probably make them a lot of promises that end up being completely baseless i would love to see some of that if that's how it works i wouldn't it would boil my blood to watch something like that but i need to get more you know show me the transcripts send me the emails yeah let me see those chat logs yeah anyway uh, anyway so you read something on zeldapedia.wiki i forget i always you, you gener- generally it works out that you're supposed to just pick the dogs that are more confident right yeah. but like this specifies that 
the pre like the 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 onomatopoeia that starts what they say determines if they're mm-hmm. going to be towards the front the back or the middle yeah and then the precise order of the dogs that we'll finish in is random at the exception of the gold dog and the blue dog yeah the blue dog is sucks don't don't bet on the blue dog the gold dog has an unfair advantage yeah i never realized that <laughs> There, there is, is some kind of like, not, I don't want to say randomness because I believe it's down to the physics of how the dogs like collide with each other of which one, um, of which among the dogs that are programmed to be faster, which one, like the final ordering is like an actual, I don't know pachinko machine more yeah. than a pure random number generator yeah it's it, we determine which ones are going to be at the front of the pack the back of the pack the middle of the pack and then we're just going to let the the hit the hit boxes i guess bounce off each other until we get to a result which anyway, is cool it's not too hard uh it's not too hard i really like how uh you start out with just okay gambling like when you come to it at first, it's like, oh, I'm going to bet on dogs while well, I'm going to pick uh, whatever dog is nearby because there's no way of telling them apart. And then you get the mask of truth. And now you can listen to the dogs and find out how they feel about the race. But you have to actually like solve a puzzle now of what do these dogs thoughts actually mean? And so you have to play a second or arguably third order game in order to win enough to get a piece of heart. And that's cool. Yeah. Yep. There's Uh, also a piece of heart on top of like a little shelter for the doggies. And I think you need to use a magic bean to grow it and get up there. Apparently you need if you're Zora heart or a chest. Apparently if you're Zora link, you can reach up there. Oh, you can just boomerang it. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, 50 rupees. Oh, okay. Then I don't know anything. So well, great. Great. Um, I guess we can get back to the main ranch and start talking about some of that stuff. Okay. I, so just a real quick general thing is that the ranch is owned and operated by the sisters uh, Romani and Kremia. I suppose Kremia should come first in that, but it's yeah, fine. I don't think Romani is running or operating. I think she's doing more than people give her credit for. Um, Not administratively, though. <laughs> no. Real quick, uh, you can go into their house, and it's a cool, like, farm house. It's amazing. Okay. The house is fantastic. Go on. I just want to point out, there's a lot of details. There's like a whole kitchen set. There's a whole, it's, it's actually pretty well decorated in the 64 version too, but it's like extremely embellished in the uh, 3DS version like we talked about. Uh, In the 3DS version and only the 3DS version, there's another cow model here. Oh. One we missed previously. Is it in one of those boxes in the bedroom? Yes. And so it doesn't have physics i think i don't think so it's like on its side yeah Uh, Uh, when you were going around in no clip did you see in the other box that there are a bunch of building blocks that are all modeled inside of a box that never gets opened oh that's fantastic 
Yeah. Uh, we have to get into how good. So, yes, there is a, another cow. So go back to that episode where we talked about cow and add that cow. There's hopefully that's the only yeah. one we missed. I Well, I hope that we find even more cow. OK, good. It'll be like Earthworm Jim up in here. There's one of the cool details that you can see in no clip that I can't confirm is on um, the 64 version is that a bunch of the stuff in the house, there's like a big version for Crimea and a small version for Romani. So like they're bowls or um, all I can think of is bowls, a lot of kitchen stuff. Um, I can't think of anything else. I didn't notice that so much. Like I said, like the, the kitchen stuff is present, but not nearly as like there's a chalkboard with a schedule of chores on it. Yeah. Um, like that's not present. The, uh, the Hylian text says like chore board at, at the top and the Zeldapedia people have not translated the text below, but it looks like it says Romani does this and Crimea does this and Romani does this and Crimea does this. There's also, and I never noticed this before, a like shop area where they have some milk goods for sale inside the house. You know what I'm talking they about? They have cartons of milk, which is very funny to think about. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's I, th- I want to say there's prices or there like there's clearly a shop display uh, inside the house right behind like the kitchen table. Yeah. The other thing that's very cool about this house is how well it matches the exterior, which Nintendo 64 games are not obligated to do. But if you go around the back of the house, then there's like this slant up the side that matches how the ceiling of the stairs in the back of the house on the inside work oh okay so yeah. that's great the second floor the bedroom is also very good because you have creamia's side and she has a bed with um like a bunch of books like cow books that she's studying and then you have romani's side which has a bunch of um like toys there is a toy Epona, and there's a toy Ganondorf's horse kind of hidden away. There is um, a chalkboard with like a plan for what to do when some aliens come, which we'll get into. What? Yeah. Uh, and it's just awesome. Oh, there are a bunch of photographs on the wall, too, um, that maybe I should look up in case they are interesting. Yeah. There's nothing, I don't think, particularly, let's see, put. Fly over to those photographs and confirm. The Maybe the most interesting thing is that there's, oh wait, those aren't even, I know those kids. Those kids aren't from this game. That's funny. What are you looking at, Zach? There's a photograph of three people. And... It's probably there because it's so low res that you're meant to take that as, like, the girls and, like, somebody else. Uh, But I'm dead certain those are the kids from Twilight Princess. In in the 3DS version? Yeah, I'm looking at it through Noclip. Okay, which side of the room? Uh, 
the photograph section. Hold on. Okay. Just tell me, like, which one from the left. Below the one of Romani, there's there's a face on, like, shot of the milk bar on the left, and then there's a portrait of three people, like, kids on the right. Uh... Yeah, I can't see them in any kind of detail. I can no. barely tell those are human figures. Uh, but those are the kids from Twilight Princess. You're saying? I think these are the three kids from Twilight Princess. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna plant my flag and say that's they just downresed a Twilight Princess screenshot for this. There's also a picture of the ranch. Yeah, and there's a UFO over it. That's amazing. The, well, what's really amazing is the way it's rendered. I think this is supposed to be. A pencil drawing or like a charcoal drawing. Yes. So it's not like a photograph that accidentally included a UFO. It's someone's drawing of the ranch where they just noticed a UFO. And well, added. we'll get into it. People knew about the UFOs. Um, Creamia also has some makeup and stuff, a mirror and comb, and what I guess is like cream on uh her bedside table uh now that i'm looking at this see there's a bigger armoire or bigger wardrobe for creamia and a smaller one for romani uh-huh. um and if i go down what's a button for down um what else was there a bigger one a bowl and a mug uh i swear to you this is the cutest location i love this room or this map anyway uh, okay. Was there anything else we wanted to say about the level geometry, or should we talk no. about the characters? We should talk about the characters in the video game. Okay. Uh, they're two sisters that run this establishment. And they are the Termina versions of young and old Malin from Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Hardly anyone in Ocarina of Time gets young and old versions, right? I'm thinking Link... Ruto, Zelda, Zelda, Malin. Is that it? Yeah, because I, you know, in this game too, we've talked a lot about how you kind of have kid and adult as like the two states. Yeah, and then yep. a very select few characters that to get get to exist in the in between. If or, they are the same or, age as Link, then yeah. they have to grow up like Link does. Yeah. The effect of this is that. Like, this is one of only, this is basically their only chance to leverage the two versions of a character in one game into two characters in this game. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting that, that it's so close to um, how they split the character of Ingo into multiple Gorman brothers. Um, the other clever thing they do with this alternate universe. And those characters are tied together in that game, too. I think mm-hmm. we talked about that mm-hmm. a little bit in the milk bar when we're talking about the milk bar yeah how all the milk bar people are still connected together in this other universe in this different way which is fun and they all get to exist in different ways than they did before so um premia is the older sister who runs the ranch ever since uh their dad died and she sells the milk to the uh milk bar in clocktown she's also 
like friends with Anju, we find out, although like we don't really find this out completely until we manage to unlock this part of the game, that Anju's family is planning to evade the falling moon by going over to the ranch where they hope they'll be safe. Yeah. And we also, although we're not going to get super into this right now, um, it turns out that Creamia has some romantic feelings for Cafe. I don't know who Did that you is. you know this? Oh, okay. We'll talk about him later. Meanwhile, Romani, the younger sister, is kind of a goofball. Um, or she has the, the classic Zelda thing of being young so nobody takes her seriously yeah although she is kind of a goofball just overall she but she does immediately give link a nickname and starts calling him grasshopper and she kind of talks like yoda sometimes right or she refers to herself in the third person i didn't notice the yoda talk but yeah she's got a a real I where i got the yoda thing. kid adopting a fun speech pattern because that's fun thing going on yeah so she is a goofball, uh, but she is the only one who is willing to uh, face the fact that aliens invade the ranch every year to steal the cows. Aliens exist. You gotta believe. Or what's the... What? X-Files. X-Files. You gotta believe. Trust no one with the knowledge of the aliens. So she knows, which, yeah, with that, you know, that image added to the 3DS version paints a picture in my mind that, like, it's a it's a family secret that only she's privy to and, like, Kermia doesn't believe in, which is fun. Uh, d- do you think that their dad is the one who drew that drawing? Because it doesn't look like the work of a girl as young as Romani. Um, and he knew about the aliens, but his daughter didn't believe him, but his younger daughter did? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I I want to believe this. <laughs> um, it's very odd. Like this, this detail seems to have no clear justification, but the aliens always come the night before the night before the carnival. Is it the night of the first day or the night of the second day? Night of the first day. Okay, so it's some amount of time before the carnival that the aliens can be relied upon to come. And of course, they're coming for the cows. We know the aliens abduct the cows. That doesn't require explanation. But why is it tied to the calendar in this way? That's so strange. It mu- Maybe it's just that that's when, like, the cows are ready. You know, uh, we'll learn later that Krami is preparing for the carnival. Uh-huh. And so maybe there's a bountiful milk harvest about to go down. Oh, they're swooping in right course. when the cows are uh, the, the most rightest. encumbered. We got to talk about how when you get here on the third day, because you had to wait for the guy to break down the rock. Romani is here, but she's just walking around in a daze. And the... um, The house that the cows live in or barn has been destroyed like the top has been ripped off of it and uh creamia is 
you know, in a distracted state because the cows are gone. She can't, the, you know, everything's ruined. Uh, so when we come here, oh, also, Epona is here. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to Epona in a second. But it's important that you can't get Epona now because nobody is around to, like, open up Epona's cage for you. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so like if you if you happen to come here, which I think a new player is reasonably bound to do before yeah. getting the uh, powder keg, then you see opponent, you're like, oh, that's my horse that I thought was dead. Uh, but you can't get opponent yet, um, which is interesting because now you have a good reason, a personal selfish reason to help these people at the farm. So go back in time blow up the rock, come here earlier, and we meet uh, Romani as we run up to our horse. Romani says, hey, that cow, sorry, that horse (laughs) seems to like this song. And she teaches you Epona's song, which Link needed help remembering or something. I think... Yeah, well, okay, the Song of Storms is also in this game. What are the other songs? Or well, like song- what else these are the, just a few examples of information that by rights Link should already have when the game starts. But mm. for gameplay purposes, he does not know opponent's song or the Song of Storms. Yeah, he seems I don't know. To, like there's no direct evidence that he's forgotten the song of time. Um, Considering the nature of these you? songs as being like magical spells, you could. I don't think it requires any justification. I think just think it's interesting uh, because Link isn't usually in the position of Samus where you have to come up with a reason that she doesn't have all her cool stuff. I guess you're right, huh? That doesn't happen. You don't have to get knocked into an elevator shaft or, like, whatever mm-hmm. happens in Dread. Um, hmm. So that's I, interesting. I want to I present you a brand new theory, Zach. Okay, let's go. Um, at the beginning of this game, Skull Kid says, you know, something to the effect... Uh, that is meant to lead you to believe that he killed Epona, right? Yeah. Um, and it's left ambiguous. And then you find Epona and you're like, phew, Epona isn't really dead. Here's what I want to propose. That is the Termina version of Epona. Uh, uh, the real Epona, dead. Uh, Horse Skellington. Don't we see... This Epona? Does that mean that at the end of the game, Link rides this Epona back yes. into the main reality? Uh-huh. That's got to have some long-term repercussions. How so? Oh, I don't know. Just something exi- from another world permanently existing in this world seems problematic. It's fine. Well, it's not problematic because um, I, if you ever saw the movie Bender's Big Score... Uh, it's only problematic for 
copies of the uh, person to exist simultaneously. As long as one of those copies dies, then the timeline can sustain itself. I did not think I was going to have to think about Futurama today. That that knocked me back a little bit for a second. Well. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so you get tasked. You get uh, drafted into yes. Romani's militia of two. Now, hold on. Um she she does she teach you the song for Epona right away? No, you have to do the mini game first. Okay, okay. You have to do the mini game where she says, "We're going to practice shooting balloons that act like them, the things that come to the ranch." And finally, we get to do some horseback archery in a Zelda game. Um which I have been waiting for. I love horseback archery. And it's pretty cool. You get to shoot some balloons. You come I back. I bet it's hard to shoot a bow from on top of a horse. Um, I think I've done these two things separately, but I don't think I've ever been in a position where I would be able to shoot a bow and arrow from atop a horse. <laughs> is it hard or is it just hard for us who like did not grow up on the step? You know, <laughs> the step. Uh, I. If you get them started early, maybe this is like. Because I know that people have relied on this kind of thing for their lifestyle. It's definitely more a question of being able to control a horse without your hands. Uh, mm. is totally what it is in my head. Where okay. I can ride a, I, I, if you put me on a horse right now, I could manage. But if you asked me to like do it without hands, I would uh, fall off. Interesting. Anyway, uh, in this game, it's pretty easy because the horse drives itself, and you uh, you succeed in the mini game. You shoot all the things, and then um, Romani gives you the like specifics. The aliens they come every year they steal the horses they're gonna come at like 2 a.m so be here at 2 a.m and we'll take care of it together um and then she teaches you opponent's song right yeah something like that after the well the timing is the timing is important because how much of this do you have to do to progress with the rest of the game, right? If you're you just want Epona so you can get into the Great Bay area, oh. then you can ditch Romani and let all this alien stuff happen and Well yeah. also on subsequent cycles, if you already know Epona's song, you can just play Epona's song and she shows up, right. regardless of if yeah. you've done any of this or not, because She'll just hop that fence. Um, once she hears the right song. Yeah. Yes. So. Uh, but you could, yeah, do this whole thing, get the clue about when you needed to come back, and then abandon your new friend yep. to her fate. Which seems mean, but that's also what happened every other cycle until you got here. Yep. So uh, I guess it's not that mean. Um, but. If you're a good person, then you will stick around or you will come back at 2 a.m. And Romani sneaks out of the house and she says, "Okay, grasshopper, you need to like 
here they come. And it's time to shoot a bunch of uh, aliens. They come down and I guess they're like everyone says they're patterned after the Flatwoods monster. You've seen this, right? So I hadn't looked. I, I not until I was doing research after this episode. Okay. I was just aware that they were like alien shaped and kind of like Poe-esque. Yeah, very much so. Um, and then I, that's like, no, they're patterned after the Flatwoods monster. And I'm like, I've never heard of this. That sounds fake. And then I looked it up and I'm like, boy, yeah, those are just extremely that style of alien. That's a weird pull. It is a weird pull, but like, if you, if you consider the universe in just in terms of American video games and Japanese video games, American video games will take stuff from Japanese culture and will be like, well, in our game, we're going to have this yokai and it's like a Yuki Ono or whatever. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and then when Japanese video games want to steal stuff from American culture, like, they end up taking stuff like the Flatwoods Monster or the Mothman or Chupacabra. Um, or you know, They do know, love the Mothman. Universal there. Frankenstein. Um, yeah, so, like, it's it's... It's kind of interesting to see like what our version of that stuff apparently is because from over here I don't think of yokai as being the same kind of thing as mothman uh but they I guess serve similar purposes creatively in terms of being a weird thing that you can put into a video game. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a much cooler design than what they could have gone with. This could have just been a gray, right? Mm -hmm. This could have been the most boring version of this. Just a bunch of those flying saucers getting closer to the... Yeah, with like a little gray alien popping out, you know, like... This is way cooler than that. It's a way cooler monster than that. And it successfully kind of... Like, it allows for the ambiguity of is this like an alien from another planet in a zelda game which is not really allowed by the basic assumptions of what zelda is of course it's cool that you know of course that is what's going on but making it be kind of ambiguous that these could be monsters from another planet or they could just be like as alien as lizalfos right yeah um I think that adds to the the kind of implied or absence of lore, if you get what I mean, to have them look like this mm-hmm. instead of looking like generic alien. Um, this is not too tough of a task, uh, especially no. if you slow down time. Well, here's the thing, because I always used to slow down time for this because... I was scared of failing. But if you slow down time, then the aliens move so slow that you can, like, paradoxically, it makes the whole thing for me a much more onerous task to have to patrol this ranch all night long at that speed. It really wears me out more. And... I do it on normal time and I can handle it. And it's like, it doesn't take as much out of me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Cause it's, uh, you know, 
the speed of them is tight is much like a lot of npc movement in the game is tied to how like the 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 movement of the clock like the literal mm-hmm. like passage of time so slowing them down just makes the entire thing take way longer even if it means you can have more you can more leisurely set up your shots kind of kind only kind of too because they're constantly respawning so it's not like knocking all of them out right. gets rid of them because they're just going to keep spawning so the design of this mission really blows my mind because it's unlike anything else in the game or maybe in any Zelda game. I'm sure it's very similar to similar things, I guess, in every tower defense game, you might say, um, or a lot of other like shooter games. Um, but the fact that it's just an endurance thing, like protect this point for X amount of time, um, you're thinking about the map in a way that you hardly ever have to do in a Zelda game. The topology of like, can I see this point from this vantage? Um, and, and also, you also, and also yeah, resource yeah. management because you gotta. Yeah. At some point, you will need to restock arrows, so you gotta run over to that bush. Yeah, um, th- definitely. It's very cool how the uh, there's the dog who will like bark at the nearest alien uh to tell you which way like where the most danger is uh but you they don't say immediately or they don't make it clear that that's what the dog is doing you have to decide to pay attention to the dog you can also get up on top of the ranch and uh shoot aliens from up there Um, oh i bet that's not as useful at the back i bet that's not as useful as it sounds no because you can't see through trees um so it's it's kind of a there's a trade-off definitely um yeah it's so cool it's amazing i love this part of the game and then the sun comes up and the ship goes away or something yeah also the alien ship is just like a big point of light right yeah there's no, there's no model i don't think yeah um and if you if you succeed, then the ranch gets to go on normally. And Creamia, like, of course, she didn't really believe that she never believed that the aliens were real. And so she's not like grateful to you or anything. She's just going about her regular business, which I think is such a cool twist on, you know, succeeding in one of these timelines where you haven't saved, you haven't like, like resolved the problem that everyone in the kingdom was talking about, right? You've just ev- uh, evaded a certain disaster that yeah. people weren't aware of. So that's very cool stuff. Or you can fail, and there is a, a, a cutscene you can see of Romani getting sucked up into the spaceship. I don't know that I've ever seen that. Uh, you should. It's kind of distressing. Oh, no. And then after that, you know, because she was abducted by aliens and procedures have been done to her. That's why on the third day, if you don't succeed in this mission, she's wandering around the ranch with a blank look on her face. Some wild stuff. Well, we should move on to. (laughs) I don't know how to follow up with that, so. 
if Creamia is allowed to go on with her normal business, then on the second day, she needs to carry some milk into Clot Town to deliver to the milk bar. And uh, she asks if you want to help out. And you say, yes, I do. And so you get in the wagon with her. Well, she sets a, a, I do yeah. want to say she sets a time for it. You you have to like oh, yeah. go to her early in the day enough for her to be like, hey, I'm going to go do this later today. Would you meet me and help me go to town? Right. And it's uh, there are a few places in this game where the schedule thing kind of like it isn't as clear as it needs to be to make me not nervous because i never know if i'm standing in the right place for the (laughs) event to trigger and sometimes it doesn't trigger at exactly the time you would think anyways yeah yeah it'll be like okay i'm standing here at the time and then a couple minutes later somebody shows up yeah um which i guess like Maybe that's because we're approaching this in terms of video game logic, but it's uh-huh, been uh-huh. designed more as like it actually recreates real life logic where, yeah, you're supposed to be there on time, but nothing is ever going to actually happen on time. They have allowed for you to be a little bit late. I would definitely like to seems... think that's intentional. Let's think that's intentional. Yeah. I want to believe. Right, right. But eventually she comes over and the wagon that she uses to transport the milk just appears and she's going to take you, you know, we're going to go down milk road and into town. But when you get to milk road, a big gate has been moved in place. That's suspicious. And now we have to take a detour through ugly country. And she says, Hey, you know what kid, get out your bow some stuff's gonna go down yeah so we take a detour through the gorman racetrack do we want to talk about the gorman stuff do do we want to interrupt this to talk about the gorman stuff we haven't talked yeah, about yeah that's yet? good that's good uh drama is to leave this on a cliffhanger and talk so about who the gormans are the gormans we met one of them already are a trio at least a trio of brothers maybe there's like a secret fourth gorman um oh my gosh the who are all gorman they're all Ingo from Ocarina of Time. They're all the character that stands opposed to Malin. Right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah. The, the analogs of Malin and Ingo in this game are also opposed to each other. And these folks have like a... It's, it's called the racetrack, but they have like a ranch. There's like an implied greater ranch area that you don't see so much yeah, which, which is they cool. sell milk yeah and there's like unless it's horse milk it's mystery milk yeah we should also say all right i want to get this uh, said about the gormans that um they're copies of ingo but unlike most you know transplants from ocarina of time uh the gormans have been because there's more than one of them, they've been like stretched and skewed to be different heights. So you can tell which Gorman is which, I guess. And they get different outfits than they got in. Or do they? Is Wait, is the leader of the Gorman troop Gorman, is that his like rich guy suit from the future in Ocarina of Time? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, that's just oh, the same okay, outfit okay. he had there. Which is, a, you and know. So, 
it's his fun. uh his ranch suit at the or the the Gorman brothers at the ranch they're wearing poor Gorman suit from the past in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. In that sense, uh, they get to do the same thing that uh, Malin does, where the past and future versions get to be two different people in this game. So that's fun. So there's there's a couple things you can do with these guys prior yeah. to the thing we're going to talk about. And the big one is you can do a, a race against them. You can do horse racing. Yeah. Um, but you it's need not, a horse. Well, you have to go get your horse, come back here. Oh, if you don't have a horse, they mentioned that you should just go up the road to Romani Ranch and steal one. Mm. Because these guys are crooks. They're bad guys. Yeah. They're crooks. Uh, you can buy milk from them. Mm-hmm. You can win milk from them. Um, oh, the text for their milk says that it's watered down. Oh, okay. But it's the mis- it's the same mechanically, though. It's not actually any worse than the other milk you could get in the game. All right. There is a quest added to the 3DS version where Gorman of the Gorman Troop in town is sad because of the problems in his life. And under certain specific circumstances, I can't remember how you get how you trigger this quest, but he will ask you to get him some special milk from his brothers. And then you have to go pick up the special milk and then carry it, like bring it back to town within a certain time limit. And it's like those various quests in Ocarina of Time where you're not allowed to warp because you're being challenged to actually move quickly. Uh, but like when you get the special milk from the brothers, they mention that they're putting a bunch of like grass and dirt in there to do the special Gorman milk secret recipe. And the upshot of this quest is that you get a bottle, the bottle that you transported the milk in. But bizarrely, if you don't complete this quest properly, you don't get to keep the bottle. What happens to the bottle if you fail the quest? Why aren't you just holding on to the bottle full of milk that isn't good anymore? But you don't want that. That that, that bottle's gross. Oh, good point. Yeah. Okay, then. So, you know, for doing the race, they will give you the first time a mask. Oh, yes. If I beat them in a race, they'll give me a mask. What is this mask? This is the Garrow mask. Okay. Which is like a spooky ninja hood. In the 64 version. In the 3DS version, I you can go ahead and say it's still a spooky ninja hood. Uh, I have an opinion about this, the change here. Tell which me is your opinion. The Okay. They have changed the mask... We have to get into the whole thing. I can't just say my opinion. Oh, do we want to save it for when we... That becomes no, relevant? we have to get into it now. Okay. Zach, when you get further in this game, I'm sorry to spoil things for you, but in Econa Canyon, there are a bunch of ninja guys called the Garrow. Okay. And they wear, like, hoods with, like, glowing eyes hidden in darkness. And they recognize your Garrow hood, and that makes them, like, appear and fight you, and then you learn stuff from them. And blah, 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 blah. Later on, you fight the Master Garrow, or whatever he's called, 
and he's wearing like a different like weird anteater mask and he is the boss of the garrow there is a problem of sorts in the text where you're wearing the normal garrow mask in the 64 version but this prompts the garrow in Econa Canyon to recognize you as their master. However, the master is wearing a different mask. So why were they confused by that mask? The 3DS version tries to fix this by making the Garrow mask that you get to wear be the same as the mask of the Garrow leader boss guy that you fight. And so the that's basically all well and good except that the way you get the Garrow mask in the first place is from these Gormans. Because, of course, Ger- Gorman is an anagram of Garrow NM, where NM is short for enemy. And you, uh, the, the spooky, like, hood that you get from them in the 64 version makes sense. Like, it looks like the kind of hood that some spooky thieves would wear. But the Garrow Master mask looks like it's just kind of out of context. It's really goofy looking. And when these Garrow or Gorman brothers wear it, they don't look as cool. And so, and when Link wears it, he doesn't look as cool. So I have a problem with the Garrow mask. Uh, I will say that I, I don't, I, I agree that it's like not handled ideally in the 64 version, but I feel like the change that the Grezzos made uh, doesn't like resolve it to my satisfaction. What are your thoughts? I am amazed because I never internalized the change. Uh, despite the fact that this most recent time I played the game, I played the 3DS version. I like never internalized the fact that they had changed that. They made that design change in my head. It was still just the, Hmm the spooky hood Jawa face thing. Yeah. Because that's what I remembered it as from the 64 version. And it's, it's, it's like drawing attention to something you've been looking at all this time and you see, you've been seeing it wrong. And that's a weird, that's that's weird. My, my, my brain is flipped upside down all of a sudden on this. I'm doing a pretty good job on this podcast. So I'm just more surprised than anything. You've opened my eyes. So it's, back to the present. Hold, hold on. Oh, hold on. Not Why back to do the present. the Gorman brothers have the Garrow masks at all? What's going on? Uh, well, there are no good dudes. We've talked about that. Yeah. So they might have some connection to the Garrow as yeah. they used to exist. Whether yeah. that be, like, association or membership or lineage or whatever. Yeah. That there is a connection there. There's a connection there that's left unexplained here, uh, which is cool and evocative. So are we going back to the present where we're uh, taking a, a ride through ugly country? We're taking a ride through ugly country. We're told to get our bow out and then some hooligans show up. Some friggin' hooligans on horses are chasing after the milk wagon. And uh, they're going to stab the milk with their pitchforks and cause the jars to break. So 
you shoot them with your arrows. And unlike a lot of creatures in Zelda who, if you shoot them with arrows, they explode. These guys, if you shoot them with arrows, they yell and they fall back a little bit, but then they decide to... Like, you unload more arrows into these Gorman brothers than you do into most bosses. <laughs> yeah. They're fine. I guess they're fine. Those masks are cushioning the blows. Yeah. And they're wearing the Garrow mask. But there's a trick where if you wear a different mask, they won't bother to attack you. That's right. That's right. I, I remember and this, but I don't think I actually did it my most recent playthrough. Is it called the Circus Leader's Mask? Yes, I'm almost certain that's, yeah. Okay. Um, which is a mask that we got from Gorman Troop Gorman in town when we played the Ballad of the Windfish for him in the bar. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Now, the... <laughs> the utility of this trick where if the Gorman brothers see the weeping circus troop leader's mask, they, I guess are reminded of their poor brother. And that the same thing happens if you show them this mask normally just during the day, they're like to put that. I think they actually start weeping or their faces change and they yeah. say, get, get that mask away from us. We can't bear to see it. If you show them that mask while you're um, doing this milk run, then they, cannot attack the milk because they can't bear to watch you cry but you need all the transformations to do the ballad of the wind fish so you aren't going to be able to do that like the first time this quest becomes available and there's no huge reason to do this quest more than once and so the utility of this um trick is minimal but either through emotional coercion or through violence we have saved the milk from the pitchforks and roman i'm sorry creamia will take the cart all the way over to i love how she drops you off on the east side of clock town which is not the most convenient to milk road but it's the most convenient to the milk bar yeah, sure. And she says, you know, thanks for doing all that. Um, here is the Romani mask, which is like the signifier of membership in the milk bar latte. And also the symbol that you are an adult. Right, right, right. Um, now I'm going to search the text dump for adult. Which there's 37 instances of the word adult in this script. But a lot of them are the... Uh, guards telling you that you're not allowed through the gates out of Clocktown. Okay, let's say that we go back to the ranch after we've done this quest and we've got the Romani mask. We show the Romani mask to Cremia. In this timeline, she didn't give it to us. She okay. says, say, where did you get that mask? That's Romani's mask. Only adult customers can get that mask. But adults isn't really the right term. It's not based on age, but on a person's way of thinking and acting. 
<laughs> Somewhere, there's a person who thinks of you as an adult. So, th- I, I think this text is, like, not easy to see because you don't normally... Like, why would you show a mask to the person who gave it to you? Uh-huh. Um, but it it is a very important part of my theory of this game's obsession with identity. And the idea of whatever, whoever you are in this world, it's, it's about appearances more than about some supposed thing deep inside you, the, the real thing that needs to be shown. It's more about how you present yourself. And is there a real you underneath the mask? The game seems to... Not be sure, but the fact that they're asking the question leads me to, well, you know. She has some interesting texts for other masks. Um, if you show her the couple's mask, she says, uh, oh, my, the couple's mask? Someone got married. My friend is going to be married soon, too. Soon. Um, ba 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 all the in the text dump a bunch of the mask specific stuff is all uh jumbled together so it's hard to tell who is talking about what mask um i love this game i love there's a couple other things we can mention along with that um this is where if you do the escort mission again it's if I'm am I remembering right, the game has a chance to show a little cutscene where uh, Crimea gives you a hug. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fifty fifty chance whether she gives you a hug or she gives you like two hundred rupees or silver rupee, whatever that is. Yeah, a uh, hundred. Okay. Um. Yeah, someone had to like decompile the game and figure out like why is she only giving me a hug sometimes, and it's RNG. Yeah. Uh, I have never seen her give me a hug and there's, but I have seen the text associated with um, giving, getting a hug from Crimea. Let's see if I can. uh, Yes, you did it. It, You helped Crimea. You feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Sigh. You could get used to this. Yeah. Um, Very similar to getting a kiss from Madam Meow Meow almost. Yeah. And then maybe the last thing to bring up then is on the final day, there is a little scene you can see if you go back to the ranch and you fulfill all the requirements where Kremi and Romani are talking. And, oh, yeah. Um, you know, at this point, a bunch of people have shown up at the ranch to try and stay there to hopefully not die uh-huh. uh, when, when the moon lands and they have a conversation. I don't remember the full conversation of it, but um, is it that Kremia agrees to let Romani have some Chateau Romani? Oh yeah. I can't believe I forgot about this. Yes. Meaning that at this, you know, at the at, at the possible end of things, she's like, you know what? I'm gonna let you be an adult tonight and drink the adult beverage. Yes, 
And there is some implication, well, we probably talked about this, that Chateau Romani or the milk in the milk bar is alcoholic milk somehow. Yeah, I don't know enough about fermentation as previously established, but I, I could believe something like that. So, um, I mean, like, I don't know if we're supposed to read it like that, but it's a very complicated set of things. Like, there's so much of the clock town like character stuff you know what i mean Mm -hmm. the depth of character and of social relationships um that you know we were so obsessed with talking about in clock town for three hours um it turns out that there's a big chunk of that we get more in milk road yeah it's here uh themes and milk themes and milk and there's not milk theme in itself for does not milk give us the life and the passion and the vigor to move on to the next episode of the complete guide to termina where we yeah. will ride the horse over the fence into the next area